0: No, I warn you. I don't actually even listen to podcasts,
1: so I am like not. You, you 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 are the podcast. I, I yeah, I'm you, not. You, you a pretty therapist. much have your own, right?
0: Well, sort of. I just talk a lot. I mean, I don't know if it's
1: it's it's good. I, I will say like you guys are one of my news sources. If oh, I'm gosh. like, what's going on? Yeah. Right. But um you know this uh, so Kristen Foster, kind of impromptu. Yeah, I was like, hey, I've been, I've been wanting, and I'm talking about trying, uh, just wanting to have you on with different guests and mm-hmm. passing, and uh I finally got to reach out to you today.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you did. I've been home with my kids. Um, they're at a school, and which is wonderful, but also I'm used to working home alone. Yeah, and so it's like a lot, and so I was just like. Mom's going to go do stuff, like, away from the kids. <laughs>
1: it's it's weird, isn't it? It's, like, to subtly be out of your routine is so weird. It is. Uh, just, like, because I teach at uh, Moralton during the daytime, and it's nice not doing that, but it took me, like, a few days to adapt.
0: Yeah, and I'm not good at not being busy. Like, I will create work if I'm not busy, um, and so I've been really trying just to, like, the only work I create to kind of just be hanging with the kids and... I am done with that kind of work for the, the day. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm done with it. There, I am maxed out on Nintendo and tv and all of that so i'm glad to interact with adults
1: yeah um, <laughs> well the real reason i wanted to have you on is just to corner you and ask you why you don't like the mandalorian
0: oh man no i'm just like kidding. no i'm really i'm just so not a tv watcher my husband watches he has a tv on from the minute he gets up to the minute he goes to bed i'd never turn it on if i lived
1: alone cora she has like her select shows but i am definitely the tv watcher and i've just um, started doing audible
0: I love Audible. Oh, what That's what I do. Changer. I love to listen. Me to too.
1: Audiences. I'm an aud- I'm an auditory learner. I yeah. talk to people about it all the time. I do read every day, but I'm I'm like a ten page a day kind of guy.
0: Well, I can read fiction. All day, but like nonfiction, which I really enjoy. I if I I'm like asleep five minutes in, I cannot stay awake reading nonfiction, so I listen to it on Audible, um and I love it like that because I'm I'm in the car a lot, and so I listen to it.
1: Do you have an Android or iPhone? iPhone. Okay, yeah. Apparently, it's different how the inter how the customer interacts with the software Uh, on Android, but I I don't know how exactly. I have no idea. Uh, Yeah, because like uh, well, evidently the difference is maybe on um Android. Or do you get it in the app.
0: Yeah, you know there is a thing with iPhone where you have to like go to the website. Like, I go to
1: Amazon's it's, app. Yeah, it's weird. The it's whole
0: thing, yeah, to be able to buy from Amazon. Um, but I mean, most of the time I'm either listening to it in my office where I just have my like Alexa playing it, or in the car, and so I hardly even look at the app.
1: Yeah, that but. I didn't know how it worked, but that 14 bucks a month or whatever, and you get two originals in one book, yes, no matter how much. awesome. That, I was like, okay, I get it now. Yes, take my money.
0: Absolutely. Yes, I love it. I listen to stuff all the time. I've been listening to, um, right now I'm listening to um, a book called Talking to Strangers, which I had started and then hadn't finished, and so I'm kind of picking it back up, and it's great. It's basically like you re- you know, listen to all of it, and at the end, you're like, I don't trust anybody ever. Uh, <laughs> is
1: it what, is, is it fiction, nonfiction? Nonfiction.
0: Fiction. Okay. Um, it's kind of about politics and how you. Well, most of everything I listen to is, seems to be political, but it's about um, like how we trust people we don't know um, and how that has like caused major political crisis. Where you know um, people have thought they had a good read on somebody um, because they met them and talked to them, um, like Hitler, for example, and yes. that the people who actually had a better read on him were the people who never met him. Um, and it was just it's really interesting because in politics, so much of the job is like gossip. I mean, we joke about that, that so much of our job is gossiping, like sharing information and getting information from people. um, And it's hard to know like when you can trust somebody and when you can't. So it's been a really interesting, uh, like listen so far
1: yeah so that's cool i will look into that i might have seen that on like suggested reads or yeah something,
0: i think I, I think i posted it on your facebook oh, when you said that, something yes. yeah
1: I, I think i added everything from that to my wish list you should so, yeah because i'm just I trying saw a lot to, of
0: good stuff on there that people posted
1: yeah yeah exciting so well okay so what do you what do you do you're not i mean you're like you're you're involved in a lot of things um You don't technically hold any sort of political post. You're just a citizen doing your civic duty.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I am, um, I'm a registered lobbyist and I am a political consultant. So it is my job. Um, but a lot of what I do, I don't get paid for. I just do it because I love like our community where we live. And, um, I got really active here. Um, in 2014, I started river Valley food for kids. Yes. Um, and started that just really out of like a, like, Hey, we got kids that are hungry. What can we do to help? Um, Um, But the more I got in that and started looking at, like, real solutions to child hunger, um, so much of it lies in policy. And so that's really kind of where I got into local and state government more is because there's, um, you know, policy that gets passed all the time that has huge impacts on our daily lives. And so often we don't know about it unless it's federal. Like, federal stuff's on the news. There's 24-hour channels everywhere. But your state and local stuff is going on every day and people have no idea. And so that's kind of where I got off into it and um and ended up kind of turning it into a career <laughs> but well that's um, great but Bec- love it yeah yeah
1: uh, you know I, I that is not a not that's a a spin on this story i hear a lot of people say but like a way better like here here's what most people uh i talk to that are involved say like well i got you know i got screwed over by the city and yeah and then i became a uh, whatever
0: it really is
1: and I was I, I was just like man I don't I don't want to be that guy yeah. really but but that's like like I get involved with different committees at work and I do different things to engage with the community in different ways so I can try and like gain levels of empathy for more groups mm-hmm. you know and we we do some nonprofit work and stuff as well but as a matter of fact um you probably are back when you first got involved with everybody because y'all did food stock yeah and we had our demo team perform we have a we have at yeah. least one kid that is still with us that we got with at that event and she has been with us ever since
0: oh that's awesome yes we i remember that you guys came in our very first food stock event you guys came and performed uh, yes and it was such a great success because <laughs> all the parents came down we were so worried about people not showing up and then all those parents sh- showed up to see their kids and it ended up being just a great event but yeah that was but that's been a few years now
1: it has yes uh, yeah that was um that was good and we just i've, I've kind of always like remarked on that because that's that that is exactly what we want we want it like network with some other organization that's like hey here you go make connect the dots because we have so many we do the free boxing class and we have so mm-hmm. many people come in and out mm-hmm. and it's just like changes every week there's people that are there all the time that take advantage of it but there are a lot of people that um take it for granted yeah. you know that but it's those ones that uh, we have like different success stories across the board for that program and that is why we wanted to get into doing that is to have those results like there's some people that are never going to be able to pay for a martial arts membership absolutely like when I was a kid that wasn't an option really you know like a monthly thing for me to go to martial arts like it it, later on in my my teenage years it would have been but when I was growing up, no.
0: Yeah, I grew up very similar. My mom my parents had me when they were teenagers. And so my mom was going to college yeah. um until I was like thirteen. I mean, she didn't graduate college till I was like thirteen. And so up until then, yeah, we never could have afforded something like that. Um, but you know, later on after she was you know, had a better job and was more able, we could've as teenager as a teenager. But um, I mean that's great having stuff like that available here. There's so many kids that end up limited out because Their parents just can't afford it, you know?
1: We're trying to do more and more for the college crowd. Like, we've reduced memberships for college students drastically Mm -hmm. because we weren't having a lot. We do it like a semester rate and stuff, Mm -hmm. and we discount and monthlies and different things. We're like, no, you know what? You guys are super broke. You're going into debt. Yeah. And you're trying to be somebody, and exercising will help you. Mm -hmm. scientifically i I believe all the science behind exercise and boosted cognitive ability Mm -hmm. and it's like okay what can we do we're okay memberships are half price for you Mm -hmm. yeah is pretty much what we started doing but we're we're just about to close on our new spot and we're gonna start doing like a student drop-in right so i have more yoga classes oh
0: that'll be cool yeah
1: do you know aaron claire yes she, she was just on i'm rendering her video right now she's so awesome she is she's like super interesting she
0: really is i heard a, um, a talk she gave a while back probably last summer on how to disagree on politics without being um like hateful to how to disagree but still get along with people you know and i loved hearing that because it's such a difficult topic for people I know. we think that like if you can't agree then you just don't talk about it and so yeah i love i love what she's what she's laying down out there.
1: That's why That's why I like this podcast, too. Like, mm-hmm. having you on, like, I have a couple of topics I wanted to talk about, like minimum wage. Mm-hmm. That's a local and even a federal debate. Yeah. Like, I've been, you know, looking at the this briefly at the history of minimum wage. But getting to sit down with all these people, Chris Hausnick's going to come on. Yeah. He gives such a great unbiased commentary on anything. He
0: has such good information. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's
1: great. And it's nice to interface with analysts analysts. Mm-hmm. Political scientist Danielle's coming on to talk about what you know different things, mostly the Tedeschi Trucks Band concert she awesome. went to. Yeah, so uh, well, okay, so there was a, a, a recent uh article published in uh like our local newspaper about minimum wage. Oh, yeah, I saw like uh, I saw you maybe comment on it a little bit, but oh, yeah, I, I,
0: had, I, had, I had a smart ass comment to say, of course, yeah, I mean, so. <laughs>
1: I've, I, like, core and I have always tried to pay our employees more, but we have fewer employees. Right. Right? Um, we only have a couple of employees on our payroll. And it seems that, like, so I saw, like, in that article, Nathan, he owns, he runs a jewelry mm-hmm. store. Um, and my
0: husband works for him,
1: yeah. Okay, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's Fantas- their jewelry. Uh, interesting. Okay, and then uh, Emily Young, which they own, like, three downtown businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Uh, then there was a restaurant Mm -hmm. and there seems to be some divide there with like small business and restaurants. Like another recent guest of mine who has like 160 employees, they were, they were, they were also kind of like, well, you know, you have a lot of employees, so this is a stressful thing Yeah, because of fundings and, Mm and different things. So I, you know, that seems to be a big divide there because like the opinion I saw from Nathan and Emily is like, Yeah, things are great. It doesn't affect us. We were already trying to pay our employees anyway, more than a starvation wage. Mm-hmm. So what what is your uh assessment of that is there is there a big uh, a big divide on small business and like restaurant chain etc mm-hmm.
0: well i'll tell you so i got into the minimum wage issue um really by chance i have you know worked in poverty relief and care a lot about people being able to make ends meet um from from feeding kids you know we see parents who are working full-time and can't feed their kids but um, but I wasn't really that well versed on the economics of it um, and I was I, honestly not making great money working for a nonprofit and so I, I needed a second job and um, the minimum wage campaign came along and they needed somebody to run it and because of my experience in running a nonprofit and my experience in um, kind of community organizing I ended up getting that job um, to head up the wage campaign for the ballot initiative um, and and when I went into it I was a little like like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I have not looked that closely. I've seen some stuff on the media that says, you know, that it hurts small business. I'm just not really sure. So before I accepted the job, I read like just a ton of studies. Like, that's just kind of my personality is like, if I'm not sure about something, I'm going to go research, read it. everything I yeah. can find on it, you know, good and bad. And so when I finished that, I felt good about overall what the results would be from a wage increase, Um, from what we'd seen historically in Arkansas and then in other places as well, Um, and then the initiative that we had in place where it would raise the wage gradually over a period of years, because the areas you'd seen it really have some damaging impact on business was in areas where the increase had been really fast. Um, And so over overall, in general, you'd see that if it's a gradual increase, it tended to benefit businesses across the board. Now, like, that's not going to be everybody, though, there are going to be businesses that just have such a lean budget that they that they can't afford it, you know. Um, and so I think that you have to take kind of the good with the bad in that there's never going to be a policy that, that everyone only has a positive result from you know there's always going to be people out there who are negatively impacted by any policy and that's kind of how i looked at wage um it looked to me that the benefit would be bigger to the people who are working and the business owners in general um if we implemented it in this kind of gradual increase but um but like i said that's not perfect so there are restaurants who have had some issues um you know it didn't increase tipped wages so if they have a lot of tipped employees those didn't change mm-hmm. but um, although my personal opinion I think we need to address that down the road um, because tipped employees haven't had a increase in such a long time but I'll tell you something interesting yes. in politics the reason that is is not because tipped employees don't like deserve a wage it's because the hospitality association has really strong lobbyists and they would just be brutal if we tried to run that ballot initiative um, the opposition from the Hospitality Association would be so strong that we couldn't be sure it would pass. And that's really what ends up influencing it. It has very little to do with if it's good policy or bad policy. It's can we fund getting it on the ballot without such a huge amount of opposition that would defeat it. And that's kind of where we've ended up with the tipped issue.
1: Wow, yeah. That's... um I know I was talking briefly with uh, Johnny who owns Umami's mm-hmm. about different things he runs into is like the labor department and stuff, having so many tipped employees mm-hmm. because they have a lot of waiters and waitresses yeah. and turnover, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that was something I noticed in that article. It seems to be that maybe <clears throat> those industries also have a high turnover rate, like the restaurant business in general, like Cora worked as a waitress. Mm-hmm. And I will say like she didn't even necessarily, she worked for Johnny. Uh, she didn't even necessarily agree with the way they did their tips because mm-hmm. everybody cooks included split the tips or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But she still made like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like for a college student. Yeah, working a waitress job. It was like the it's it's it was the job you hear about where it's like, Yeah, I make really good money being a waitress. So like when she was like working that job, she was doing super great. And then she started working at the gym where we we're destitutely poor.
0: Right. And then how it is you work yeah. you work for yourself so that you can be way more broke. Uh, yeah, you're working for yourself. It's, I've been experiencing that for the last year. I've been self employed and it is it's like I work twice as many hours for half as much pay so that I can be self-employed.
1: It's interesting. And it's uh, like I I was telling um, Jason Lowe the other day, we were kind of having this conversation. I was like, it's weird, man. I was like, I keep like becoming super successful at something and I'm like, all right, now I'm going to do something else. Okay, got that in line, and I'm always on to the next thing that doesn't make money, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is your job, and the gym's great, it's awesome, but this podcast that makes zero money that I spend money on, let's go ahead and uh, you know put all my energy into that. that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: totally. Yes, I mean, but that's isn't that kind of what being an entrepreneur is? I think like you just keep you know hustling out new ideas.
1: It is. It's like I -hmm. I jokingly refer to it as a disease because it's real. It, it 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 kind of is. It's in blind with like a satiation, like I wanna create stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, doing videos to the gym or whatever it is, it's, it's super rewarding for me. Yeah. You know? Like, I really enjoy it, making documentaries. Yeah. So.
0: I do a lot of digital um, organizing for political campaigns, and I love that side of it, getting to, like, because you get to have that kind of creative side of it, of creating the message and creating graphics and things. And, I yeah, I have to have some of that creative mixed in with all of the yeah. all the different, like, analytical stuff that goes with it.
1: We just started using the Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah. We haven't integrated it to as much of the business as we want. Like I'm eventually going to start doing. All, I have about a thousand hours of editing on Premiere, but I haven't done much in Premiere over the last five years. Mm-hmm. So, but we're we're looking at all that. And Nick and Jessica, they have it for SignHub, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of. We're we're asking them different questions. Nick's showing me a ton of things, and it's nice to be able to create templates for different things because that's one thing I want to start doing more of for videos we put out. Is like I mean, you put that thumbnail on there and some different things. It's, yeah, it it makes it look nicer and it gets a little more engagement. So. Yeah,
0: I started trying to learn some of the video stuff, and then um, when Nathan and I started doing Sass and the Beard, and because I was like, oh yeah, we'll like edit, make it really cool, and then now we've swapped over to RVN and they do all that. And I'm like, I don't need to learn that anymore.
1: Yeah, that's nice. I yeah, <laughs> just yeah, totally yeah. like
0: gave up. I was like, ah, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you do, do you um, record at their studio?
0: Yeah, we just did it at their studio, and Maddie um, does everything, and yeah. makes it stream Matt's and look good. He's stuff awesome. Yeah, they've done a great job over there, and um, and it just made it so easy for us. Like we just show up and run our mouths and then leave, and they make it all look fabulous.
1: That's nice. That's nice. Do they um, book any guests or anything for you guys? Or do you still handle all that yourself? Well,
0: yeah, we still handle all that ourselves and we're just starting to, um, Maddie was working on getting us set up where we could have like guests in the studio like in a different kind of room set up and and still be able to see them and um, so that you don't have that like weird thing where somebody has to like get up and walk out in the middle of a live show, you know? Um, And so he's working on getting us some cool stuff like that and we're going to try to um, get some local officials and stuff to come in and explain things that are happening downtown in the next few months. And I think we're going to try to reach out and um, there's going to be a lot of work going on downtown for some like uh, infrastructure stuff on like internet and I don't even know, water and everything. And underground stuff. stuff. Yeah. And they're going yeah. to have it tore up down there. And so kind of get somebody in to t- explain what that's about and how long it's going to take and um, just really try to inform people more on local stuff. You know, I mean, I love... I love local politics because it's something that you can influence as a citizen. Like, if you see something wrong, or see something you don't like, you can actually go out and, and make something happen about it. Where I feel like, you know, with national politics, you look at it and it's so big and it's so out there. To me, it's like, I can't do anything about any of that except complain about it. And I'm not, I'm never going to just like sit and complain and then not do anything. Um, And so I love with local politics, we can get out there and I can complain and then actually make something happen. And so we started this with Sass and the Beer, trying to get more people informed just on how things work and what's happening um, so that other people can do more with it here.
1: Yeah, that and like I said, that's been great because if it's especially if it's around some issue that I haven't heard much commentary on or that seems controversial, I'm like, I wonder what they're saying about it.
0: Yeah, and I love you know I've always been kind of a good government sort of person where I, I like to look at what's going on. I like to just see stuff for myself, um, and so I'll send Freedom of Information Act requests to the city or the county and get information back and go, okay, people need to know about this. Like here, this you know is for people to lay eyes on them themselves instead of it just being me giving you my opinion or me relaying someone else's opinion. Um, and so that's been really fun, getting to do more of that um, the last year or so. When I was uh, with a nonprofit, you have to be a lot more careful to not make yeah. anybody mad or cross yeah. any lines. And so, because you have to protect those donor relationships. And um, you know, now I have my job where I'm a little more free from that. So I have been stirred up all kinds of trouble, but
1: it's fun. Have you run into any... Um controversies on that like people just being rude to you anything like how how is that received
0: well yeah you know um it's been funny i've had people go to clients of mine about things that i've said and be like you know you're um you need to tell like that they tell my clients to come tell me to stop um that's the most typical small town kind of response to somebody saying something you don't like is to go after their job um and we see it all the time i had somebody message me this morning going who could talk about this issue that would be safe from it because the easiest way to shut somebody down is to to, to you know go after their way of paying their bills and that so is, i see a lot of that
1: oh that is textbook narcissistic manipulation mm. Which is frustrating to yes. to know that that is the way the system is uh, kind of uh, working. And do, would okay, so would you say that that is kind of the uh, local small town who you know politics, or is that is that systemic across uh, state, local, and federal?
0: I mean, it is systemic. It's worse in smaller towns. You know, people tend to have a little more. Um, Safety from that in bigger cities where there's a lot more job opportunity, there's a lot less like network, you know. But here, I mean, there's such a small network of like business owners that somebody could blacklist you if they wanted to pretty easily. Um, and I've seen it, I mean, I've seen it happen to people, I've seen people get evicted from their homes because they spoke out about something, um, and their landlord didn't like it. I mean, it's very much, um, not just local, it's something that happens everywhere, but um, we see it really it's really been bad here at the local level um, for quite some time. That's rough. It is.
1: And disparaging. It
0: really is. It's frustrating. But I've loved, you know, it's something I've really enjoyed is that being in a role that is like my job inherently is political. And so, you know, it's like if I make somebody mad now, what are they going to do about it? You know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But it is hard. I mean, if I didn't have so much work out of Little Rock, I definitely couldn't cause as much trouble here.
1: Why do you think people think lobbyists are bad?
0: Oh, this is so funny. I, myself, like the day I had to register for, as a lobbyist, I was actually running anti-lobbyist ads for a different campaign.
1: There's a stigma attached to and it, And right? I was like, yeah. I like
0: cried a little bit about it like my the attorney i work with he was like look you've got to go register you've crossed the line from just being a pain in the ass to actually being a lobbyist and so you have to go get registered and i was just like offended by it um but really all a lobbyist is is somebody who gets paid to influence legislation so For me, I've only done that for nonprofits. I don't do it for corporations. Um, I've only done it for, like, organizations that have an issue I believe in. So when I had to register, it was because I was lobbying on the minimum wage issue um, when we had legislation filed that would have um, undercut what people had voted for. I was at the Capitol during session working on that issue, and so I had to register now there are other people down there who are lobbyists for corporations, and I have a different feeling about them. Like, you know, that's the
1: great distinct. Because, like, just talking to you, I'm like, oh, you're, these causes are so great, yeah. and but a cor- uh, corporate lobbying yes
0: yes it's really kind of a different animal and there's a lot more of them <laughs> like if you hang out during session i mean you'll see 10 lobbyists to every legislator it's insane they'll just like hang out outside um is that
1: where the term came from waiting in the lobby
0: probably i don't know um I, that's, that's interesting i have to look that
1: I, up. i always assumed i would never looked it that's, up i've just like it, it makes total sense it
0: does make total sense because they do they all just kind of hover outside the doors um of the chamber floor and wait for them to come out and, catch up and like talk to him about stuff, but it really um the lobbies have a lot of influence here because they and in and in every state, but um in Arkansas we see it because our a lot of politicians accept um, donations from corporations. They can't take them directly from corporations, but they can take them from political action committees, um, which can be funded by corporations. So it's kind of a pass-through. But it's legal. Mm-hmm. It's totally legal. Um, and so, you know, lobbyists come down to the Capitol and they're like, well, we gave you $2,700 for your last election. It's really important that you listen to us on this issue. And we see that happen all the time. Um, Arkansas has no laws to, prevent, to protect oh, renters. Yeah. You know, we had the habitability issue come up this last session. Um, and the Realtors Association, their lobbyists, just destroyed that bill. There was so much support for it. I mean, there were legislators that supported it across the board. But when the Realtors Association lobbyists got a hold of it, is dead. I mean, there was never had a chance because they donate to every legislator.
1: <sighs> that's that's like that's like how the mob works. It really it's like calling in favors.
0: It's really kind of gross when you get into that that, that part. Grammy. Really, it's kind of gross and dirty. We um Arkansas, the attorney I work with, actually a few years ago passed legislation that are passed on the ballot um legislation that limited some of that and cut back some of what the lobbyists could do but they still have just tons of access and power it's really gross
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's the kind of stuff that um people are always asking me like what my opinion is on current stuff and i'm like yeah like i go to like y2k historically Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm reading this book on the dark web, and like I like comment on some things, but it, like it's so it is so hard to keep up with the muck of like what goes on and I get so discouraged by it because I'm like this is the way it is right now it really and then I look back at like all of time and I'm like yeah, yeah, it's been going on it's Rome. it's the same thing right here it's like lots of civil war oh my god you
0: I know? know it's true it is but the thing that part of what I love about it though is when you're on the state level or the local level like minimum wage So when they ran bills to undercut the minimum wage that had been passed, it would have cut it for like 80 percent of the people that were going to receive an increase would have been undercut by these bills they filed. And um, I mean, we just went out there full force to go against them on it and were able to kill those bills. And, I mean, it had an impact on tons of people. And there were like four of us working it. Um, we had some funders, which made that possible to put advertising out and do things. But, I mean, we ran ads in their district, um, making people aware of what they were doing and making sure that they knew to contact their legislator. And those bills were killed. And we were like the only state that saved our wage initiative. Um, Where, how
1: were you running those ads?
0: Digital. On social media, mostly. We do display ads through Google and stuff as well. But most of it was social media. Um, And we ran them in their districts and alerted people to what was going on and put their phone numbers out there for people to get in touch with them and let them know that they were concerned. And, I mean, it, over the course of, like, a weekend, really shifted where they were headed. And then we had the Republican Party come out and say that they – were against those bills we had the governor come out and say they were against those bills and for arkansas that's a a big deal when they come out and say that they're against something that would undermine minimum wage because <laughs> they weren't big fans to begin with and so um so i mean we were really happy to to keep those going but it was really it was a lobbying effort um by citizens and by um you know law- lawyers and politicians and stuff like that and um, so sometimes lobbying can be good I love citizen lobbying because I think you can make a lot of changes, um, but it can be pretty nasty, too.
1: Why keep the wage where it's at or low? What is the argument? What's the logic?
0: Well, the funding from the, for the opposition came from the Chamber of Commerce. So that is business owners. Um, so a lot of times, if you look at where the money comes from, you can figure out why. You know, and so um, business owners have reason to not want to um, increase minimum wage because it's going to come out of their pocket. Um, and I, and not all business owners are like that. There's tons of wonderful business it's owners. So, it's,
1: so, it's so weird because I don't view it that way. No. Like I, I can't. Like yeah. I'm actually I, I, the only thing I don't like about it is I'm like now you've Devalue how much I've. I, I always paid my wanted to pay my employees more, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I did that without being told. Right, and and it's like I'm gonna pay them more now because the standard has been raised. Yeah, but that's how I feel about it, and maybe it's because I don't have as many employees. But it's like honestly, uh, there's got to be a threshold of like growing and balance and and things like that to where it's like, well, maybe you're too big or mm-hmm. you have too many employees or this or that or yeah. your business is on its way out because honestly it's like if you're doing well and you take care of your people right like th- you will do better yeah like that is my equation and it is pretty much always work
0: and it seems like it's, I've met lots of business owners who have you know 10 20 employees who are just like that like they know everybody they work with they know their kids they know their families like they care a lot about the people they see them as real people in front of them and they care about what's happening but it does seem like as and not always i don't want to lump everybody in but it does seem like as businesses get larger and the number of people becomes so many that you can't personally identify with each of them that it becomes much easier to you know where we'll see people who have worked who started out at eight dollars an hour and they've worked for five years and they're making eight fifty you know what I mean like oh, and we see man. that all the time
1: like that was like my grandma she worked at like the sweet potato plant mm-hmm. in Clarksville, yeah, forever, yeah, and I was like an eighteen year old kid working at Walmart, making like four dollars an hour more than her, yeah, and I was just like oh man Mar, you need to come work at walmart as a door greeter what are you doing over right. there feeling potatoes for 20 years yes it was it's it just blew my mind uh, and that's one thing i kind of think back to about uh about that and it's my parents are, are are getting older too and that's something else like now like i have a retirement going through the university and we're kind of like diversifying and doing stuff like that with cora but that's like, all of all of it is a balancing act. Like, with like, how many members we have, too. It's mm-hmm. like, what you're saying, like, I feel that way with, uh, like, students at the university I teach and students I interact with at the gym. Like, there's a threshold on that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And if it gets too big, the, the, the service and the quality of what we offer, just like right now, it's been too crowded for us. So, like, that's like the, it's like, oh, stand your room only, or we park like somebody we had parked all the way to uh, Parkway the other day oh my down God. both sides Gosh. of that street and I was just like oh man but luckily all of those problems would be solved but and it's like hopefully that's uh we're, we're good on that conceivably yeah. we could pave behind the new building oh yeah right? it's, so we bought the back to basics uh-huh. if you didn't know that
0: oh I didn't know that yes wait where is that one
1: Okay, so it's technically on Phoenix, but it's Reasoner Lane. Oh, right, right so, next to Cal Steel. Yeah, yes, my yes. Mom, which my
0: mom was their accountant,
1: so okay. So. Which, I, yeah, okay, great. Which I guess they are technically. Um, did they sell that to that roofing place, and the roofing place has taken over yes. all of that? Yeah,
0: and they're moved out to Pottsville and everything now. But
1: cool, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. We're gonna build a new bag rack, and I'm hit them up and see if they're like, "Hey, are you gonna move all of this conduit here?
0: <laughs> you should definitely. Because my up.
1: dad is gonna need some of it yeah. to build." yeah but my dad has built us two bag racks and that fitness kit boxing that we do is a huge oh, awesome. draw and uh we're just gonna have a room just all bags that's like that's it and then we have two mat spaces in the front and then yoga and hot yoga now is boat. that
0: what you guys were looking at expanding at your yes. current location and couldn't because of the zoning issues yes okay
1: yes like and uh, ironically so what we were wanting to do is kind of like have you seen churches that have done like a gymnasium Mm -hmm. with a breezeway that was what we were wanting to do right okay less than ideal in that we would have had two buildings but it's like we owned a lot we were super equitable in it Uh, so what we ended up doing back to basics the same square footage we were trying to build same number of parking spaces plus two Mm. and we could we could uh, what we were wanting to do is do some gravel and landscaping on the sides and like instructors will probably park there um, but it's it solves a lot of the crowding issue. Mm-hmm. Like we we violate a lot of stuff. Like in terms of like like oh, we had our testing. Yeah, kids, parents, and grandparents in there, and we are always like tightening the logistics to try and and take it like. Yeah, okay. with it, yeah but at the same time like people are not going to come in uh like like we try and have all classes over by 7 30 mm-hmm. so we just hit this weird ceiling where it's like well we're not willing to have later classes we could have more classes if we had a third area or a fourth area mm-hmm. so that's going to be kind of the shift we make also this is a big thing not a lot of schools do this parents can try at the same time as kids boom oh
0: that's That's the
1: shtick like because like that's something that we've heard like over a hundred times like if i could just you know i gotta take old johnny home and make dinner after this but if i could just while he's here and not have to come back or i'm not a morning person or whatever it is because we have morning noon and night but that's gonna be big and it's like they can either do a fitness kickboxing zumba or yoga while a kids class that's
0: really cool that'll be nice i am um, my kids are such home buddies but they if i force them to go out and interact with other people i would definitely want to have something to do besides like look at my phone the whole time
1: yeah exactly I think that's awesome exactly and yeah, group fitness martial arts mm-hmm. if you look at that as like a i mean it is a fitness exercise mm-hmm. like hitting the bag and and the the mitts and things we do in kickboxing or the jiu-jitsu it's a crazy workout
0: oh yeah i bet
1: but um also, it's it's great self defense. So it's like there's a little a uh, little bit of wellness side to it, mm-hmm. like the confidence. So like, oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. It, it is. It's that's uh, that's just the rewarding things to see in like younger people is yeah. like the bullied and the disenfranchised.
0: Yeah, like, feeling like confident, <sighs> like they can yes. stand up for themselves. I like that. Yeah. The uh, I know I thought that when I was walking into your house, I was like, man, if anybody pulled up here thinking they were gonna like break in, take a look at your car, and be like. Don't do it. It's a bad I, idea. I
1: bet I was getting some, when the dog was barking, he sounds so mean, but he just wants to <laughs> jump on and lick whoever was dropping that's a package so off. It's so I know, cool.
0: that's my dog. She'll like, her hair will all stand up on her back like she's vicious. She's he such a baby. I mean, she would just run away if you yelled at her. I mean, she'd never, but she really sounds like she's tough.
1: I was, I was talking to my cousin about this. See, these are my first two dogs I've ever owned other than hunting beagles when I was a kid.
0: Oh, but wow.
1: isn't it crazy how dogs smile? yes like it's the I, I had no idea I'm like are you conscious being dude like you're sitting here smiling at me
0: my dog our little snauzer if you scratch her but she'll smile and it's the uh, she's the ugliest smile it's, it's so awkward it's like it, oh she looks so, hers isn't like she just like shows her it's the worst smile you've ever seen she looks terrible but it's so sweet I just love her
1: yeah, oh, it's the <laughs> the blonde dog, um, Gigi Gracie is her name. Uh, she has like these little, little Pyrenees eyes. So when she oh, smiles, she's like so cute. she kind of squints and nods her head. It's funny. Love so. it. So so well, like what um what would you say on like we've kind of talked about wage. I mean, what, what's the connection with that to, to child poverty and like what you have seen with that and how it it they are linked and what got you from one to the other
0: yeah you know um, a big part of the reason minimum wage is so important for issues like child poverty is that you see disproportionately affecting single mothers or single parents which tends to be mostly women Um, there's single dads as well but they um, tend to be a lot more single-parent households who are in minimum wage issues. Um, surprisingly, not as many, like, kids as people would think. A lot of people go, oh, well, it's only um, high school kids working minimum wage jobs or whatever. It's college kids. It's not adults doing those jobs. But it really is. I mean, you know, we had um, a friend of mine did an ad for us during the wage campaign, um, and she's a janitor at one of the school districts. And... Um, you know, I mean, these are people we interact with every day, your daycare workers, your um, custodians at your kids' schools, your bus drivers. I mean, people who are delivering food and doing all kinds of things here. Or, um, I mean, I even had people who are reporters for the paper calling me and going, you know, this would give me a raise. I mean, people who have jobs that you would think are making more money than they are um, in industries that are just struggling across the board um, you know, wages go down. And so we, um, there's tons and tons of people who would benefit from this. It was like 300,000 Arkansans who would get a raise. Um, and so when that happens, you know, I mean, parents have more money to put into, um, paying bills, buying food, just easing some of the stress in their household. Um, because poverty is difficult and stressful and exhausting. And, you know, when you're living one flat tire away from a catastrophe all the time
1: i've been there
0: Um, yeah me too and i mean it's 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 awful to be there you can't ever get ahead and so putting an extra 40 bucks a week in somebody's pocket it doesn't seem like that much if you have plenty but i mean 40 bucks a week is gas to get you back and forth to work and an extra day of food uh you know i mean that goes a long way
1: it does and like i Uh, it's like emotional for me like because i've realized that so many times i tell i tell a story like one time core it was just since we moved we've been here in this house like three years Mm. but we lived in an apartment together for seven Mm -hmm. right and but it's like one time core was like hey you know like all our bills are paid and we got this in this bank account we have this in this bank account and we're about to get another uh we're about to get paid on this and and like we used to have seventy five dollars yeah And I like it's super emotional because it's like, oh, that's a game changer to just like not have to worry about getting a kombucha, which is super healthy for my digestion, but I could never afford five years ago. Like to justify, oh yeah, this this kind of expensive drink that is good for my health Mm -hmm. and gets probiotics and it's gonna it's gonna make me healthier, but I just can't afford it. Yeah, you know, and there's so many more things I do for my wellness that I never could have done
0: well you know it's one of the reasons people will often get confused about why, how you can see um, obesity and food insecurity in the same situation that
1: blows my mind and, its that, that it's linked now yeah
0: and people don't really understand that they'll be like well I mean I had kids on the backpack program that they'd be like well he doesn't need to be on the backpack program he's pudgy and I'm like oh no 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 like that doesn't mean anything that may just mean that he's living on ramen noodles every day and there's no like nutritional value in his food um, and we see that with kids all all the time um who well, are overweight the milk they're just at eating school junk yeah
1: but that that's one thing we talked somewhat recently i don't remember who was on maybe it was uh robin lambert but the milk at school like i don't like dairy irritates me mm-hmm. right and, and maybe some people need it and it doesn't but i'm pretty convinced that we don't need dairy mm-hmm. like overall it's great i love cheese i have loved dairy but now like I got to drink this special drink because if I eat dairy yeah. or like a, a, a certain meal, I get indigestion mm-hmm. or something going on where it's just like, oh, I can't. I don't even want to eat that stuff because mm. it's just brutal. Yeah. But um, that's that's something that I'm um, like I, thinking back to school lunches. That's another issue. Have I was I made a status about that a while back. Like what? What do you think? How does school, the school, uh, funding of education and food that the kids are interfacing, and like, what are you seeing with that?
0: Well, you know, this is something interesting. Arkansas passed um a bill this last session. Uh, Arkansas, we only have legislative session every other year, so 2019 from like January to April, Arkansas will run, uh, legislators will run over three thousand bills. They don't pass all of them. We'll probably pass about a thousand. We'll get a thousand new laws in about a three month period every other. How
1: year. How many pages of documentation is that?
0: Most of them are just a couple of pages each. Okay,
1: great. But I it's can a ten. That. Yeah,
0: you know, that's something I didn't realize when I started uh, first kind of getting into legislation more was that I'd see stuff on the news and you'd be like, "Oh, this healthcare bill is a thousand pages long," and I'd think that like everything was going to be that way. But most of the stuff you're going to see on the state level is. Two pages, you know, I mean, it's easy to read. That's great. Um, So yeah, read that stuff if you're ever interested. But we had a a new law passed that said that um, kids can no longer have school lunch debt in a way that would give them an alternate lunch. Um, or give them, you know, we had uh, up until this year, schools if kids got over like five dollars or whatever, they could set a policy, and they could give them um, just like a cheese sandwich instead of the regular lunch that all the other kids got. Well, you oh, know,
1: i heard that? Oh yeah, I totally. heard like back of the line, and and you got to wait till the very last. Yeah, the, no,
0: they could do. All, I mean, there's all kinds of ways they could indicate that you didn't have your lunch bill paid um, in a way that would embarrass the kids to kind of force them to get it paid so we passed laws in arkansas um in 2019 that said that you can't do that anymore so that's been that's one of those things like that i this is one of the things that i kind of get out and preach to people is like like that anybody who hears that about the alternate lunch goes oh my god like our kids shouldn't have this happen but if you'll call your legislator and let them know that that really bothers you, they may actually be able to do something about it. Um, and and it happened very easily for the most part. And so they, um, so that's something that's new here. Kids can no longer you can't they can't have
1: That's statewide
0: statewide they can't you that's can't great. like put a stamp on their hand you can't give them a different lunch you can't do anything but send a letter home. Um, and I tested this at my kid's school. I let her lunch bill get like fifteen bucks in the negative. Um, I mean, I had every intention of paying it, and I told her. Did when they I was say anything do, to her or anything? hardly at all they said can you give this letter to your parents and that was it like it was great and i told her i was like look if you're not comfortable with this that's fine but i want to push this and see how how far i can go with it and if they'll actually abide the law you know or if they're just going to be because her school did that the year before you get an alternate lunch and i mean they were totally on board they did a great job and this is at dardanelle schools and um and everything was fine but yeah i mean that's new here so um School lunch funding is a huge issue. It's a a federal issue. Um, Some schools, if you have a higher enough poverty rate, can get all of their meals for free um, for every student regardless. Um, But I would encourage any parent, if you have kids in school, when they send you home those free lunch forms, fill them out, even if you don't qualify, um, because the school does get funding for other things based on that, and they use it to indicate where they're at um, as far as poverty goes. And so a lot of times people who you wouldn't necessarily want or need free lunch, but your income is still at a level that they may be able to get additional funding for other kids. So, um, always fill those forms out.
1: Yeah. How old are your kids?
0: <laughs> 15 and 10.
1: Core and I are like i was telling uh like my family yesterday we were like sitting around the kitchen like my cousins and stuff and they've all got kids oh yeah you guys I at that uh, stage and of life where it's I, like i was are like you yeah here? you know cora talks about it every day <laughs> and uh they're like yeah man it's we've been through that yeah it's about time it's and coming. uh it's but it uh I, I i like pull all the parents i know and like uh a friend of mine just had his first kid and it's uh we're we're in the planning phases, so
0: they're the best thing ever.
1: They really yeah, are. Yeah, that it's. I've I've heard all sorts of things about. Like it's it's kind of like not to compare it to, but people it'd be like that first you know that first eight weeks super rough and and then like a year. But after like two years, you know, there's some ups and downs, yeah. but really for the most part, it's amazing. Like you just you, it, but it's totally worth it. You know? Oh,
0: it is. It's great. It's also like. I have this little human who I'm I, my job is to not screw them up before they reach adulthood. And I feel like every day I'm making up new ways to screw them up. So it's um, it's, you know, challenging, but fun and the best. And my kids are I have the sweetest kids. They're such good kids. I don't know how like my 15 year old is such a well behaved teenager. And I have no idea how that happened. I was a horrible teenager. And so I'm just like, how? whose kid are you? Like you she ended up so good and sweet. I don't know what happened.
1: The craziest thing a parent ever told me, like having these types of conversations, I can't remember if he said it on the podcast, I think we are texting, but like a mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Jeff Woods, he's been on the show. He was just like, yeah, you know, like I I felt like I was started being a better father when I accepted that someday my kids are going to die and I was like
0: oh that makes me feel like oh,
1: pain in my soul I know but like it's like that was like I guess a, a, a barrier for for him being overprotective or something oh, yeah. not in a negative way because he's one of the most well like he has more mentions on this podcast like Aaron Clare was his assistant for like uh-huh. when he was the dean for a while but he is so even tempered and but it's like I, I ask him all sorts of stuff like this I'm just like dude what did you do for this? Yeah. What do you think about that? All the time.
0: I think what? my my biggest parenting tip is just to be consistent and communicate with your kids. Like in the same way that like you're you have a relationship and the like relationships aren't successful without communication. Same thing with your kids. Like that's something that I always wished my parents had been better about was just explaining their thought process to me on things. And it's something I've always done with my kids, and now they are both very like well-rounded on how they handle things like and it really just has amazed me but i think that that communication in a you know age-appropriate communication but in the same way that you would with any other relationship that you want to have that's strong and healthy you have to do that with your kids
1: yeah that's um like i've been with cora just in like our communication Mm -hmm. and our relationship which is is super important but Like getting things out in the narrative that wouldn't normally exist, like stuff you're dealing with existentially or otherwise. Like, that's like it just uh, for guys, particularly. Like, um, Dr. Claire and I were talking about this. It's like so many uh, people just like stoically are just like, I'm not. And then, but then it it comes out in the form of anger Mm. or frustration or short tempered or depression. Or all these other avenues when it's just like, it's actually super healthy to be like, I- I've been dealing with this problem and I think about it all the time. It's super difficult mm-hmm. and I'm having negative thoughts about it all the time and it's affecting how I'm interacting with people. And just like just saying it, yeah, like takes away some of the power it had totally, over you, I think. Totally. And just getting to end the narrative with like who you are closest with. And I don't know if that's the same for parenting, but that's that's one thing that has been positive mm-hmm. for my interactions with Cora.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, I don't know, to me it's just always been important that we um, have that, you know, and so now with my kids, it's so funny now with my daughter, she's, um, they had a little situation at school where there was like a boy sit with them that was just making kind of jokes that made him uncomfortable and they just didn't really like him and they weren't sure what to do and man, when I was a kid, like, that would have been an ugly scene, like, we probably would have just, like, froze him out and not been very nice, But they like sat him down, like they had a little, their little group sat him down and they were like, this makes us uncomfortable and we don't approve of it. And if you can't act, you know, appropriately, you can't sit with us anymore, but we still care about you and your friend, we're your friend, but you can't sit with us if you're going to act that way. And I'm just like, who are you kids? Like, where did this
1: come from? That's like high level adult behavior. I know, they're
0: so mature. I'm like, and all of her little friends are like that. I'm like, where did this come from? I mean, we didn't handle things that well when I was a kid
1: well it you know i I've noticed that with like friend interactions and it, it like when somebody like in earnest brings something to your yeah. attention out of concern or something, yeah. like, hey, were you aware that this made these people feel this way or that you know uh, like it, this has come up on the podcast a couple of times recently, but like uh this is big when I was in junior high. Like you're saying or referring to something as gay.
0: Oh, yeah. You don't do that anymore.
1: Oh, that is super. Yeah. And I would never because yeah. I, I like as an adult, like I started. I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of gay people I know. And they're great. Right. Like, I, you know, like I just developed empathy. Yeah. And respect. And looking back in uh, multiple people I've talked to about this, they're like, me too, man. Yeah, Like somebody else brought it up and I was like, yeah, that is something that, but there's all of these things like that. And it's, it seems like almost all of them were changed by somebody like a Jeff Woods or somebody in your life that, that is a positive influence. Mm-hmm. It's like, they just subtly bring it to your attention yeah. in a non confrontational way.
0: Yeah. You know how it almost never changes? It's through fighting about it on Facebook. That's something I, <laughs>
1: Isn't it hard to not comment?
0: Oh, I'm so bad at that. I mean, I, I tried. I can not barely. To. I've gotten way better, but I can barely resist a Facebook fight. Sometimes I'll get like I'll get sucked in when I'm bored. If I have nothing to do, I, if I'm busy, I hardly even look at social media. I'm just like I'm too busy. I don't have time for this. It's like the first thing to go. But man, when I'm just sitting around bored. I'll end up on a news story arguing with somebody about some random politics or something, just anything, like anything. We'll be arguing about bathroom rules or whatever, you know? Yeah, (laughs)
1: groups are where I always get (sighs) caught up. Like our band groups, like widespread, Excuse me, panic or tool or something like. Now I'm just like they're eating popcorn, watching the comments. I know.
0: I try to remind myself all the time because it's true. Like the only way people really like change their opinion tends to be through like earnest, authentic conversation, not through like somebody like telling you what an idiot you are on Facebook, or or even just through even if it's kind. A lot of times, just that disconnect, you know. Um, And it's so hard to remember that though. Like I try to talk about that with politics too is that like we don't change people's mind by telling them how wrong and stupid they are with their policy we change it by like understanding their motivation and their pain point and why this like thing matters to them so much but it's so hard to do that like when you're tired or frustrated or whatever you know it's so much easier to just be like that's stupid and wrong um or you're a bad person because you believe that or whatever you know um but it really is it's that it's that like genuine sit down and share like what really matters to you about a situation is where you change people's minds
1: yeah yeah and like that's why i love um the digital space is at least an avenue to accelerate this the you know flow of information like if you're just putting it out just constantly bringing awareness to it it's um it's super beneficial Mm. What would you say about, um, like, are there any other uh, groups you've looked at, like statewide, let's, let's say, like, myself, like an educator, teachers, college or high school, junior high, elementary teachers, anything like that? You know, the Mid-South uh, and really the South in general have lower paid educators than, like, everywhere else in the U.S., particularly Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are certain areas, uh, but honestly, it seems like the – Going Little Rock side of Russellville, it's it, it, when, until you get in and around Little Rock, the pay is not, uh, it's not awesome, and it's and everybody always says it's about funding in the state, and
0: yeah, you know this was something interesting we learned during the minimum wage campaign. One of the carve outs they tried to pass was um, during the legislative session was uh, for schools to say that schools didn't have to pay the new minimum wage rates, that they could be at the lower rates. Um, and we re- found out that the reason for that was that they pass the state passes their um, budget for support staff every five years. And so it was due November 1st, 2018. They had to put their budget uh, the governor's office to put out the budget for um, support staff in public schools across the state. And, um, on November six, we passed the minimum wage increase. And that five year budget did not have any raises for oh, any staff. Man. any support staff across the state, there was zero room for raises and so that was why they um pushed to undercut that um because they knew that there's no money there and that by the time they're into like year three all of that money's going to be gone um with the increases and so they have to take that funding elsewhere and arkansas has a balanced budget policy and um, so we can't go into debt in our in our state budget um and they were giving tax cuts to rich people this session and so there was i mean they just didn't want to budget it out there they kind of go well it'll be somebody else's problem in a couple of years to figure it out um and so yeah that's what we end up with is when it's state funded um it really who you elect kind of decides that um They'll, we'll be going into fiscal session in January um, for the state, and they'll be reviewing all of those budgets and getting into funding um, for different departments. And there are groups like the Ar- uh, Arkansas Education Association um, who have fantastic lobbyists that work ridiculous hours to try to help improve um funding and policy for for educators um they worked miracles last session with the retirement fund um issue and i I honestly don't follow education policy that closely i usually am more focused on like um poverty and stuff like that but the but yeah i mean there is there's a lot of issues and most of it it does it comes from state legislation
1: yeah it's um What's got me interested in it is like pretty much like the equation that Cora and I are running is the gym income is is great, like my history income almost exclusively pays back my student loans. Like we're just like throwing it on the fire, man. Yeah. But that is a that is an equation that so many people have, and many of those people that have student loans are racking up interest because they can't get a job. So it's and it. This is people with master's degrees, PhDs. Uh, Sometimes, like I know, teachers who just can't, they can't find employment, or they got to move to like the Delta or something.
0: My husband has a master's in teaching, and he is a jeweler.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the lady at my chiropractic office in Moralton, Mm -hmm. her husband's a historian, and he doesn't, I don't think he teaches school. Like, I mean... She, based off our last conversation it didn't give me the vibe that's like because I'm a history teacher and she, she said he has a degree in history she's not yeah. like he's a history teacher so but I hear that all the time or um, like uh, one of Dr. Bush's daughters is married to somebody who has a PhD in I believe history mm-hmm. it's a PhD in something they can't get a job
0: yeah oh yeah or they cool.
1: adjunct and it's it's a starvation wage
0: totally I mean my husband his undergrad is in um, English and he couldn't find a job with to use that Um, he worked out at the nuclear plant security for like 10 years because it was a better salary.
1: Yeah, that's a good I know several people that do that. Yeah, I mean, he
0: can make way better money doing that than he could if we didn't you know, ever want to see him. Um, He could make way better money. Um, You know, it became a point where it was more important to our quality of life to have him home with our family than it was to have the money. Um, But it is uh, it's it's definitely an issue. And the thing that really blows me away is that when I look at like. property values and costs here in Russellville versus Little Rock, you know, you can like buy a a house and they're fairly similar price ranges between Russellville and Little Rock, but the salaries are like 20% higher um, down there. I mean, your cost of living is barely any higher to live in Little Rock than it is to live in Russellville, but your wages will be way more um, almost invariably which is just crazy like it shouldn't cost that much to live in russellville um we have an extremely high cost of living for the area um and and low wages
1: yeah what do you what do do you think we'd have uh just don't have enough industry to support our population, or
0: well, the the challenge is is that we've had uh, manufacturing want to come in at different times, but we don't have a workforce that's educated enough to be able to do the higher level manufacturing jobs um, that pay pretty well. Typically, um, like you look at industry like Rockline, where they're coming in here and they're making baby wipes, and they're and they're good paying jobs. Yeah. Um, but you have to be able to operate these pretty high tech m- machines. Um, and you have to be have some pretty solid computer skills. And they're getting, you know, when we're graduating kids out of high school that aren't at reading level, where, you know, more than half of our kids aren't even reading at, at level, we're not graduating um, a workforce that's able to meet that demand. And so we can't bring in the jobs because there aren't any workers. Uh, we really have ended up in this very difficult economy here where that's very dependent on the nuclear plant and tech, Um, And we have some good manufacturing industry, but we have not been able to bring in more because we just don't have the workforce to supply what they need. We have a a lower educated workforce um, and we have a proliferation of jobs that are very unskilled and tend to not pay that well. Um, Now, when we see the casino likely open up here in a couple of years, bringing up the casino, I know I'm like. So everybody's so that's, tired. That's right? why
1: I'm happy about I it. Know. jobs. but
0: it really is. I mean, their, with their income, um, their minimum wage is like $13 an hour, which will drive up wages in all of these other businesses. When there's a thousand jobs open and we have to compete for employees, um, you know, we will probably see wages go up, but that's still a couple years out.
1: Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, just, to, just to see how uh, the the positive things it does for the community in terms of tax revenue, everything. Yeah, I and like people, uh, the I think you know the moral argument. I had somebody on there and like I was just like, why you don't you like it? And they're like, well, you know, all of the bad things. And like that people just say that, and it's like. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of bad shit. Like, Cora's had her car window broken out twice. Like, can't even go to Bonadilla and run, oh, you know?
0: Oh, no, don't it, go to Bonadilla. Yeah. It, like, uh, that's, yeah. And I, it's
1: frustrating. It's super I, I frustrating.
0: I refer to it as rape forest. Like, I'm not going in the rape forest. It's not happening. There, It's so creepy over there. And, I mean, you're going to have that anyway. I mean, you're, we're going to have crime. We're going to have those issues when you have um, high levels of poverty, when you have huge addiction issues happening um you know we we're going to see those kind of things but I, I think that people who believe that the casino is going to amplify that they're probably not entirely wrong we probably will see some increases um i don't think but i think that the amount of benefit to the community is way out you know out overcompensates for any downside to it that's y- kind of yeah. been my view from the
1: I beginning mean, do you think those people would have been losers anyway yeah that's how i think think. i'm like oh so they did that that behavior came out in the casino
0: i think you'll see people i think you'll see some people who come to this area because it it benefits them you know so for example if you're um a sex worker you may want to be closer to the casino than you want to be to you know flying J or whatever like you may be trying to i think you will see some of that and i don't want to i i don't have any kind of like factual like data to know what that percentage might look like or what it will be. I think it's realistic though, to think that we may see some downside. We may see some additional addiction issues, some additional drugs. Um, but I just, I think that the opportunity to make a living wage and to um also just the influx of tax revenue will more than make up for any kind of downside we see
1: i'm trying to see widespread panic in russellville honestly you People know what i'm crazy. saying or in, in, any any band that, that like if that if i can go to a concert because i'm so tired of traveling oh, I know. like you, like you're bearing witness to like what i want to do like yes. uh, the, we are i am moving the studio to the new gym. there's a, a space that's appropriated that's uh, about probably three times the size of this room and, uh, but it's just like, if it ain't at the gym or my house, like I've been traveling nonstop all over the country for 10 years, competing, training, learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, <clears throat> for the time being, I'm kind of burned out on that. But yeah. I just, you know, like I, that's, it doesn't mean I'm never going to go do things again but if I can like have entertainment like in my hometown oh man, and I I like going to places like the Amp or Memphis. Mud Island's a great venue. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have.
0: Well you know you look at the Amp. If you went to the Amp a few years ago when they first kind of built it there wasn't really anything around it. Um, and then if you go now, I mean, there's hotels, and, restaurants, uh, I, chewies. Mean, it's, it's I, mean, I mean, there's huge growth around that. And we're going to see that same thing happen here. It'll take a few years. I mean, that's, that's the part I, I hope people are kind of grasping on to because, you know, it's not like they're going to issue a license and then Why the next we week we're going to have, have yeah, like it's going to take some time, but I mean, in the next five years, I think we're going to see some, some major changes happen here. Um, and hopefully they'll, we'll see, like, kind of rising tide lift all boats um, that we'll all Uh, be be better off with that. Um, You know, it's hard to tell early on, but I think that we're going to see some improvements with it.
1: Yeah, I've, you know, I'm... um, I've been pro-casino the whole time. I'm not trying to argue with people about it, uh, but... Uh, it's we've had Drew's come on and talk about it and I've had several people come on and talk about it actually and I'm excited about it I mean just just restaurants different things to do it'll be exciting
0: it will be I think it's gonna be I mean I I love the idea of like having concerts comedy
1: shows yes like having
0: stuff to do I mean that to me is so exciting because I'm old man I'm not gonna go to like Little Rock for a concert because then I have to drive back afterwards and I just am like if it's after like 10 o'clock I don't want to be outside my house
1: I go to sleep at 10 o'clock I know like
0: I'm just I don't want to drive back from Little Rock that late I used to be like oh yeah cool we'll leave at 9 we'll be back it'll be fine no none of that and so I'm I'm pumped that I'll be like go to a concert and then 30 minutes later I'll be in bed. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Man, Cora, the and, and I, I'm I burned out on that model. But like we Tool came to, to the Box Center in uh-huh. Tulsa, and it, they've got the new album and all this stuff, and I was like, we got it. But it was a Wednesday night. Yeah. And I mean it. Like I went to work the next morning, but and I slept on the way back, and she drove and stuff. But it was brutal. No, I used to I, do I that.
0: I can't do that stuff anymore.
1: I can't even We are we talking what about what we're going
0: to do for New Year's Eve, and I'm like, I don't want to be out on the roads. Like I've, I've turned into such an old home buddy that I'm just like, there's crazy people out there, and I just want to stay home with my kids and be safe. Like, well,
1: <laughs> I will say this, like. Uh, society uh, I got an uncle that works in FedEx and a really good friend and they both have kind of like high up positions and like uh, we were talking about the shipping industry and and Amazon and Walmart and Walmart pickup and like our society is shifting towards like this we digital stream we don't have cable we pick things up at Walmart we don't go inside oh totally and I like I, the dog barking earlier, guarantee Star Wars action figures on the porch, <laughs> right? But that is seems to be like they just drop it off. Yeah yeah and then there's the porch piracy that we see the videos of that's i
0: have never had anybody steal anything me, off my porch. Me either and i mean and i live like right in a little subdivision and i've worried about it i've never had anybody maybe they just look at my house and go nah she's just buying like
1: yeah we're,
0: like, bl- like blankets and stuff there's nothing exciting coming here
1: we're getting um combined surveillance for the new gym in here
0: oh yeah I want one of the doorbells. Like I want to put. I want the doorbell at my house. I just haven't gotten around to yes, it.
1: Yes, I want that. And like, I also want to get. Um, I know this. Like, so these two guys in my life, these old guys, have been major mentors and influences. And they both had green berets in the '60s. And uh, one of them, he like hand carved my Wing Chun dummy for me at the gym cool. and stuff. But he's just like, we need to get the perimeter set up with spotlights. You got these four trees over here. We could do it. That's like he just like says stuff like that and i'm like yes that would be cool but like something's going on outside in the middle of the night and just
0: that's, light it all up yes, yes and he's so like funny. yeah that's
1: what we would do <laughs> and i was like what i was like where and he's like well at the camp at, at night and then we'd have to tear it all down so they couldn't see anything um it, I, he's so told funny. me some crazy stories, but, um, the, him and Dr. Bush, I don't know if you know, Charlie Bush, he was green beret okay. from, he retired a ph- uh, philosophy professor from tech, went to, I believe Columbia and oh, I can't remember um, uh, UC, maybe UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, cool. I can, he, he went somewhere in, Cal, somewhere in California, but he, I took him for like 27 hours of philosophy as an undergrad. Wow. And, um, he just made in passing a remark one time was like, yeah, it was a knife fighting instructor in the green berets and you'd actually never hold the knife this way. Okay. It's always this way. And I was just like, do you guys, do you guys hear that? Yeah. Like, oh, cause I mean, I'm, I love military history and, and then I'm like, what are the odds these two guys who are like a huge influence on me are both of these 3,000 people, yeah in, our, in, a, in a short little blip of time in our country's history of like 66 to
0: and they're the ones you went and hang out with yeah it's very i
1: i I just need to reach out to dr bush but i really want to have him on the podcast i've I've had so many former professors on uh warnick was just on the other day jeff woods Uh Aaron macarthur chris house so that well that's it's so awesome to just have such a diverse because i I don't just have professors on i have A whole, uh, diverse, eclectic.
0: Yeah. I love having the university here. It does bring a lot to our community as far as um, having a diverse, like, just student population. You know, the the campus population is so much more diverse than our, like, outer community around it. Um, And I love that. We used to have the uh, international students come and volunteer um, with Food for Kids. And I, like, adored working with them. They are the most, like... um, Oh, just like I'm trying to think of the right word. I was not conscientious, but they're just so polite. I mean yes. so polite to me. I was like, could you please like rub some of this off on one of my kids? Like they were the best. And um I love I mean I just love tech. We have such a good good thing going there. Yes. I hope our community, I really would love to see Reciville. Come, like, find a way to connect our downtown with tech more. Um, I want a trolley, like, I want a trolley that makes a oh, path that'd be awesome. so much from like tech to downtown to like out by like Walmart and by the casino and like then back down, you know, like that's what I want to see so much is just um, a trolley. But I don't think I'm ever going to get a talked into that,
1: <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what they do with that reorganization of Highway 7 over there because there that's actually some things I talked with uh, Sean Harris about. It's supposed to plug. Do you have to go?
0: No, I don't. I've had okay. a text pop up my
1: watch. Um, isn't that a nice? core just got a Fitbit. I and love. Yeah. I never wear a watch because, you know, like, joking people and stuff. But yeah. yeah it's just taking bad. it yeah. on and off. I mean, Cora is uh-huh. down to just taking it on and off, though. So. Yeah. But um, so how they're going to do that roundabout, oh, yeah. they're actually supposed to extend Detroit behind the intramural fields and t- connected over by Tina's Gymnastics, which is the road that we are on okay okay and oh. then the roundabout i guess is supposed to plug into that as well that is what i was told and it's so supposed it's,
0: they're going to connect detroit to reasoner over there yes and oh, it's supposed to
1: have nice. um bike path uh sidewalk curb gutter drainage all that
0: that'll be great yeah. I, I know that we've been there's been a lot of um planning going on for sidewalks which is so nice yes um restville has a really like uh, lack of sidewalks for people we've never been a very like walkable community anyway but i'm so glad to see them starting to put some more of that in and make it more of a priority because i mean it really is a big part of economic growth people look at sidewalks and go "Oh, well, that's just stupid it's a sidewalk but it, having a walkable town is is a very important part of growth
1: that uh, you know, Clarksville's done that a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, that's where I'm from and we were just driving through there over the weekend and th- what they've done with their their nature trails and just different things. There are tons of paths to Clarksville walk. Clarksville
0: has like taken off. Yeah, they and have they have
1: really, the solar um yes, all the, the in the, the, the field solar thing. fields. I mean yeah. that's
0: what I grew up at um my parents live out at Knoxville. I grew up I went to Lamar. Um and so I kind of Really grew up wow. hanging out in Clarksville. Yeah. And what
1: year did you graduate, if you don't mind me asking?
0: 2000.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, I got a cousin. I have a cousin that same age. He didn't graduate from Lamar, though. But uh-huh. uh, uh, my buddy Dylan Sparks, he graduated from oh, Lamar. Oh, you know I Dylan? babysat him. Dylan, he's my buddy.
0: I babysat him and his sister Chelsea when I was growing up. Yes, my mom and his mom. I have the biggest crush on Chelsea. She's so pretty. My mom and his mom are were best friends. Like from oh, when they were okay, kids yeah. all the way. I
1: right. want to have his mom Caroline, on podcast. She's so cool. Yes. Yeah.
0: You should. Oh, Look at that! We're like we're almost cousins or something. uh
1: Yeah, that Dylan, Dylan's, hey, Dylan's been on the podcast. They're
0: awesome. They're, I I love them. I mean, yeah, I babysat them. He was listen. He hit me in the Excuse head me. with a hockey a hockey stick when he was a kid. So if he comes back on, you remind him of that.
1: He, he you know he's supposed to come back on. Like anytime. any time. We had one that we were going to do the other day, and he had to reschedule. Uh, just. Uh, something came up but
0: <laughs> that's so funny yeah,
1: yeah yeah he comes he's been coming to the gym for a couple years oh, uh, he and, and his wife both come that's so, awesome and the, and the kids
0: yeah I saw they have they have two kids now Uh huh.
1: Right? Jackson River I think they're like uh, eight and four or something like that
0: see and that's where social media like I swear it's how we all end up being so antisocial it's like I have not seen Dylan in like Ten years, but I'm like, oh yeah, he's got two kids, right? Yeah, like,
1: and I he mean, looks the same.
0: I feel like such a weirdo sometimes because I walk up and I'm like, I feel like I'm your best friend because I've seen everything you do on social media. <laughs>
1: well, that it—that's nice. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, like that—that that, just to have that. So, like, people demonize it and say it's bad screen time, but it's like. Honestly, people I would never get to see or keep up with that I do care about mm-hmm. and I like being able to see and I like liking their stuff. It's like, honestly, we've never had that level. Like, we, what, we would just be sitting at our house, like, going to pick up the corded phone and dial the landline and see if you're, your friend's home? Like, that was just such a short time ago.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, my kids have asked me recently, like, they're like, what did you do if you weren't going to be where you told your parents and you needed to let them know?
1: Pay phones. I'm
0: like, I had to find a pay phone. And if there wasn't one, I mean, you know, Clarksville, there weren't like a lot of them. I
1: I stopped at like Harvest Foods or I don't even think it's called that anymore. It's like uh, Harps now. Yeah. Or it was Mm -hmm. the old OK Food Market that came up. Yeah. hmm and they had a payphone outside, and I was like, "I'm gonna try my, and it didn't work.
0: It didn't work. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I was like explaining that. I was like, "I mean, I had to either go where I said I was gonna go, or I had to find some way to call them." Like, uh, you Super know, my kids weird. just like text me, and it'll be like, "I mean, they had a payphone at my school. You could go use, you know."
1: Yeah. Do you? Okay. So do you remember seeing a viral video like kids trying to use a rotary phone?
0: No, I haven't seen. Okay. That. It, see so if you
1: if you if you I'll think have of it it. it, it went viral. But those kids were from Clarksville, Arkansas. Yes, and it was that. like just like three or four years ago. I have to find uh, it. That's so cool. Brandy Deming, she um she she's a teacher I know there, and she's like these kids are in my class.
0: That is hilarious. <laughs> but I'll they were like they out.
1: could not figure out how to dial a number with. I bet uh, my
0: grandma still has her rotary phone. I'll have to see if my kids can use it.
1: Shit, my grandma had one that had like the.
0: Oh, like the thing. Like yeah, was it
1: wasn't little, like this. It was a uh, like. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then it had the thing that came out. Yeah, yeah. or like you had to yes. the up and talk. weird. Yeah, and those were so crazy. Um yes, I know. And our, and it's not yeah, been that long. Like I that. mean, my son is he's 10 and he's just like, "What did you do for fun? Like if you didn't have the internet and you didn't have an iPad?"
1: I can't I was trying to explain to somebody what I did before I had a 256 gig card drive on my iPhone. I was like, "Yeah, it's such a game changer man. It, you have no idea and but like now like what I'm excited about this will be the the next evolution I think is when I can have this phone and that camera in one device yes like because having if I had this much storage on that camera with apps I could just do everything on that camera oh yeah and just set it there and it uploads on YouTube and I go away that would be so nice it would be great Yes,
0: I am. Um, love. I mean, I'm a tech person. Like, I love technology. I try to stay up on on what's going on. And my kids still call me a boomer. Like every other week. That's fine. Because uh, I can't. I'm just like, I, what is that? What's TikTok? I don't know what that means. I can't. But I tell you, when you guys have kids, when they get older, or for anybody who's listening that has kids, we use an app called Bark um, to monitor our kids activity, um, and it gives them some privacy, but it gets, sends me notifications if they are on anything they're not supposed to be, anything violent, anything, um, oh, just nice. anything. And I mean, it's like seven bucks uh, yeah. a month. It's super cheap. Um, and like one time I had had dental work. I text my daughter and was like, hey, our babysitter's picking you up. I left some money on the table. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to take some medicine and lay down. And I got an alert from Bark that she'd gotten a text about possible drug activity because I said I was going to like leave money and and take medicine or whatever. And I mean, it's a really cool app. Like It's a Yeah, I tell everybody about it. Check it out. It's awesome.
1: Okay, um, let me ask you this. Have you had any weird things happen online with your kids like strange people soliciting them and stuff like that like, I'm hearing stories like that all the time it's freaking me out
0: yes we um, have not had much where they've like come I mean people have like reached out but we talked to our kids about that super early on and we're like anytime somebody that you don't know messages you or talks to you you bring it to us and we block it um, and so we've done that we haven't had anything really weird um, but we have had our kids like accidentally get like be on youtube and watching something and then it'll like pop up something else that they might be interested in yeah, or whatever. And,
1: like yeah
0: and it gets into stuff that's inappropriate for like a you know eight-year-old or whatever at the time um and we have had some of that happen where we're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you can't just be on like autoplay on youtube um the kids have so much more access to like everything i know man it is that is the worst um
1: but like YouTube wasn't even really on the radar until after I got out of high school. I graduated in six. yeah, so.
0: no I I had a cell phone, like a flip phone when I graduated high school and I was like ahead of the curve. I was yeah very man
1: young. I was like, yeah,
0: yeah I was like but, nineteen when
1: I got my first uh, like a Motorola flip phone.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I had. and then um, I think my dad still has a razor uh, now.
1: <laughs> man, I remember being able to text on a razor in my pocket.
0: Oh, that is like like, that was serious.
1: Yeah. But it was in college. Should have been paying attention, taking notes.
0: Eh. (laughs) What do you do? Well, man. Yeah. That's so funny. I am. Um, I love it though. I'm glad you got to come on and talk to you about all this.
1: Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks so much. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh-huh. I um, I will get this edited and uploaded. I have a podcast like every day that I'm off. So this is great. I was so happy that we got to do this. Cause it was kind of, you're like, all I could do today. And Cora's. I uh, went to hot springs and got a tattoo of a, uh, like, I'll show you uh, the toadstool from Mario.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: on her hand. <laughs>
0: cool yeah it. but so
1: she went and got a tattoo that's like her third tattoo so which
0: I have yeah like yeah, 20 great great uh, She's
1: she's got the bug so it will um, get you yeah.
0: I am um, I every like about once every year year and a half I'll be like I really need to get a new tattoo
1: or you think you will do complete the yeah, eventually that's I'm gonna, gonna fill awesome. it in
0: I'm kind of got plans for where I want to fill in gaps and turn it into a whole sleeve Well, um, that's
1: awesome Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, okay. So in closing, maybe one of these days we can have you and Nathan on at the same time. That would be fun. I can, I can do up fun. to four folks in here. Look at so, that. And you're moving um, into a bigger space. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll exciting. be uh, something we could do. Nathan's been on the podcast. And I would love to, you know, maybe is a break ground on the casino or something, we could do something.
0: Oh, yeah. That would be fun. We're I, I think we're going to be talking about the casino on our show on January 8th when we come back. And then we're going to try to not talk about it for a little while. We're so sick of talking about it. But it's the thing that's happening here. So you just. well,
1: You you guys have been good about talking about other things. We
0: try to. Because it isn't what everybody is thinking about. But it is such a big deal that we want to make sure people stay informed. and, And it has been changing so fast. I mean, it's hard to follow. And I mean, I work with one of the attorneys who's involved. Like. I, and I still have a hard time keeping up with it. And it, so, is, it
1: is like I, the thing that threw me for the biggest loop is when Choctaw popped up.
0: Oh yeah, I was we,
1: just like, "Where did these fans come from? What's going on?" Like I, I was just like, "And
0: that's the kind of stuff." Like those trucks they were driving around. We priced those one time for a, a advocacy campaign. They're like five thousand dollars a day. I mean, they're insane. Wow. And like I look at our kids here that I know are struggling,
1: setting and money like, on fire.
0: It makes me so crazy, but. Um, yeah typically we've had a couple days notice before stuff like that happens and so normally it's not a big surprise for me but it is still just crazy how fast it's all kind of evolved and changed and um, I mean I figured this would be like medical marijuana where we waited like two and a half years before anything happened Um, so this is actually evolved pretty quickly Um, but anyway
1: all right well signing off thanks so much Kristen thanks we'll talk to you later